Lesson number 204, Surah Al-Ankabut, Ayah number 16. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wa Ibrahima and Ibrahim alayhi salam. إِذْ قَالَ لِقَوْمِهِ When he said to his people, أُعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَاتَّقُوهُ Worship Allah and fear Him. Why? Because ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ That is best for you. إِن كُنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ If you should know. Ibrahim alayhi salam is mentioned over here. In the previous verses we learned about Nuh alayhi salam. Prophet after Prophet is now mentioned over here to explain to us what it truly means to be a believer in Allah Azza wa Jal. That what kind of trials, what kind of difficulties a person may face when he believes in Allah, when he's calling people to Allah. Over here the example of Ibrahim alayhi salam is mentioned. That Ibrahim and Ibrahim alayhi salam was from the Ulul Azm min al-Rusul. He was of those prophets who were given a lot of determination. Meaning he wasn't one of those prophets who gave up easily. No, he was someone who had a lot of determination. إِذْ قَالَ لِقَوْمِهِ When he said to his people, his people meaning his tribe, his nation that he lived amongst, and he began from his family. What did he say? أُعْبُدُ اللَّهَ all of you should worship Allah, وَاتَّقُوهُ And you should fear Him. Notice over here, Ibrahim salam. when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows him the truth, when Allah gives him guidance, He doesn't just keep it to Himself. What does He do? He takes it to others. Because the thing is, that when you're doing something different from the people who are around you, either you're going to call them to what you're doing, or they're going to call you to what they're doing. You understand? Either you are going to be inviting them to what you're doing, or they will start inviting you to what they're doing. Now many times what happens? We find ourselves in a situation where we are being called. right? We are being asked, we are being ordered, we are being told, do this, do this, do this, don't do this. And we learn in the surah that a person cannot make compromises when it comes to his religion. When it comes to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you cannot even listen to your parents in order to do shirk with Allah. You can't do that. Right? So, what do we learn from the example of Ibrahim alayhi salam? That even though he was the only person upon Tawheed, he didn't feel intimidated by the number of the people in his nation. He became the da'i. He became the caller. He started calling them. Because when you start calling others, then what happens? You have almost like the upper hand. You have strength. Right? You're basically addressing them from a point of strength. Because you're so confident in what you believe in. You're so firm about it, that you don't just want it for yourself. You actually want it for others also. Think about it. Is it easy to be asked about something and then say no? Is it easy? When somebody asks you to do something, you almost feel obligated to respond to them. Right? So Ibrahim salam, he called his family. He called his nation. He did da'wah to them. He said, worship Allah and fear Him. Why worship Allah and fear Him? Be servants to Allah because you are His servants anyway. You are His mamluk. You are owned by Him. Allah is the one who owns you. 
So show servitude because that is what suits you. That is what you are worthy of. Showing servitude to Allah because He is your master. He is your owner. ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ That is best for you, meaning if you worship Allah, you show servitude to Him, you fear Him, that is in your best interest. Denying the right of Allah is only going to harm you. Because the fact is that we are owned by Allah, right? And not worshipping Allah, not showing servitude to Allah, this doesn't mean that we can avoid Allah, that we can somehow escape His plan. No, we cannot. We are owned by Him. So it's only in our best interest to conform to the rules that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us. You know, for example, if you are a citizen of a country, then what is in your best interest? What is? Breaking the rules or follow the laws, right? If you follow the laws, good for you. If you don't follow the laws, then what does it mean? You're going to be prosecuted. You are going to be held accountable for the crimes that you're committing, for the laws that you're breaking. And if somebody says, well, no, I don't agree with the laws, then what are they told? Go, go somewhere else. Isn't it? Now, when it comes to the dunya, fine, you can immigrate from one country to another. You always have the option of, you know what, I quit, I'm going back home. For example. But when it comes to being servants of Allah, do we have that option? Do we have that option? Can we say, you know what, I don't agree with this, I don't want it, so forget it. I quit. Can we quit Allah's creation plan? Can we quit being Allah's servants? No, we cannot. We don't have that freedom. We don't have that choice. And even if we tried, we wouldn't be able to. Because remember that there's two types of servitude. Ubudiyah is of two levels. Alright? One level is general level of ubudiyah. This is ibadah amma, kawniyah. This is basically the entire creation being Allah's servants. Whether they believe in Allah or they don't believe in Allah, whether it's something living or non-living, a person, an animal, an old person or a young person, man, woman, atheist, agnostic, believer, whoever. Any person, every single creature is Allah's abd. Correct? We are all owned by Allah. He created us, He owns us. He has full authority and control and power over us. He can give us life whenever He wants, He can cause us to die whenever He wants. He can give something to us, He can take something away from us. Because after all, we are only His servants. The second level of ibadah, of ubudiyah is, specific level which is ubudiyah or ibadah khasa shari'iyah. Okay, which is basically to show servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How? By worshipping Him. By devotional service. By some religious observance. Alright? This is ibadah of obedience, of submissiveness, of humility, and love by choice. Alright? So Ibrahim salam is telling his people that you should show servitude to Allah. Why? Because ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ It's best for you. You are Allah's servants anyway. When you will show servitude to Him, then that will be better for you. Because anything, when it is used for the purpose for which it was made, then is it good for it or bad for it? It's good for it. Right? Like for example, if a house is built so that somebody can live in it, and the house is really being used, right? People are living in it, it is being used, then you say, okay, it was worth the money. Right? It was worth it. But if it's lying empty, or if it's not being used as a house, it's being used as a store, right? Or a storage place, a shop or something like that, then what's gonna happen? It's going to 
fall apart. It's not in its best interest. Correct? Think about it. You know, for example, there's certain equipment which is made for use in a house. Okay? Like for example, a dishwasher. Okay? Is there a difference between that dishwasher which is made for a house compared to an industrial use dishwasher for restaurant use? Is there a difference? Huge difference. Now, if you get this really small dishwasher which is suitable for an apartment and you put it in a restaurant, what's going to happen to that dishwasher? It's going to break, right? It's going to die very quickly. On the other hand, if you get a giant dishwasher, okay, huge dishwasher, which is supposed to be for a restaurant and you bring it in your house and you use it there, then what's going to happen? Then what's going to happen? It's going to consume too much electricity, too much water, isn't it? Your electricity bills are going to be very high. So always, when something is built for a specific purpose, when it is designed for a certain purpose, when it's used for that purpose, then that is in its best interest. Using it for anything else is never ever in its best interest. So we were made to worship Allah. We were created for the worship of Allah. And when we worship Allah, when we choose Allah as our master, as our deity, as our goal in life, our love, then what will happen? Our life will make sense. And when we dedicate our lives to something other than Allah, when we ignore the haqq of Allah, we are in reality only harming ourselves. So Ibrahim said, ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ If you knew, meaning if you have knowledge, then you better worship Allah. Then you better have fear of Allah. What does it show then? That a person can only worship Allah when he has ilm. When he has knowledge. Knowledge of who? Knowledge of what? First of all, knowledge of oneself. Of one's own reality. That I am Allah's servant. Then knowledge of Allah, knowledge of the reality of this world, knowledge of Allah's book, of Allah's law. Because when you have knowledge, then do you make a better choice? Do you make a better choice? Yes, you do. Like for example, if you know what food has what nutrition, right? then are you going to make better choices when it comes to feeding yourself? When it comes to grocery shopping? Will you make better choices? You will. Why are you making those choices? Because you have knowledge. So in kuntum ta'lamun, if you really have knowledge about yourself, about your reality, about the reality of this world, then worship only Allah. Then pay attention to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then this shows to us that if a person does not worship Allah, then does he really have knowledge? Does he really have knowledge? No, he doesn't. Innama, Ibrahim alayhi salam said, Innama, indeed only, ta'buduna, you all worship, mindunillahi, besides Allah, awthanan, idols. Awthan is the plural of wathan, from wawthanun. And wathan is that which is worshipped besides Allah. Okay? That which is worshipped besides Allah. And it is believed to possess some divine attributes some divine powers, such as the ability to create, the ability to give life, the ability to give benefit, or the ability to harm, or to protect from harm, so on and so forth.
Okay? And this wathan could be a star, it could be a statue, could be a river, could be a mountain, could be an animal, anything about which a person or people believe that this thing or this object, this person has divine attributes, divine qualities. Okay? And so they worship it. So, إِنَّمَا تَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ أَوْثَانًا These idols that you're worshipping, they're just statues. They're just awthan. وَتَخْلُقُونَ ifka, And you are creating, meaning you are producing falsehood. Ifk. Remember the word ifk? A lie? Right? Falsehood. Meaning, these idols that you make yourself, what are you making in reality? Falsehood. Because it's all lies. These statues, these idols are not really gods. They are aliha batila. They are false deities. Because they have no reality to them. You know, for example, if you make a phone out of Play-Doh, and you say, oh, phone. Is it really a phone? Is it really a phone? No, it's not. No matter how much you pretend that it's a phone, it's not actually a phone. Right? Play food. If you say, oh, so much food. Is it really food? No, it's made of plastic. If you try to eat it, you're only going to harm yourself. Right? Pretending that it's food is not going to turn it into real food. Right? So, you're making something, you're crafting something of gold, of silver, of wood, any material like that, and you're believing that it is God, does not make it God. This is an if. It's a lie that you have produced. Because in the ladina, indeed those who, meaning those beings that you, ta'buduna, you worship, mindunillahi, besides Allah, all these idols that you're worshipping besides Allah, la yamlikuna, they do not possess. Meaning they do not own, they do not have the authority. Lakum for you, rizqan, provision. Meaning they do not have the power to provide you even. These idols that you're worshipping, they cannot provide you. You are the ones who provide them. You are the ones who clothe them, who perfume them, oil them, or put some you know, special spices or whatever it is on them. Right? Fragrance on them. Or you bring food to them. You protect them. They don't give you anything. Who is the one who gives you in reality? The one who made you. So, فَبْتَغُوا Therefore seek عِنْدَ اللَّهِ Near Allah الرِّزْق The provision. Meaning if you really want provision, don't ask these idols who can give you nothing. Ask who? The one who can actually give you. وَعْبُدُوهُ And then worship him also. Because if he's the one who's giving you, why should you worship anyone else? وَشْكُرُوا لَهُ And be grateful to him for everything he's given you without you even asking. إِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ And remember that to him you shall be returned. Now many times it happens that people... You know, they perform prayers, they observe religious worship. Why? To seek worldly provision. I'm not talking about just Muslims. This is in every religion, that people will generally turn towards religion, or they will perform religious rituals. Why? So that they can get rizq. Whether that rizq is marriage, or money, or children, or any such thing. Right? They turn towards religion for the purpose of getting rizq. They become more religious for the purpose of getting more Rizq. Now, technically there's nothing wrong in that for a Muslim, in the sense that if he is making dua to Allah, if he is going for umrah, he is going for hajj, right? Hoping, seeking Allah's reward, even in the dunya. There's nothing wrong with that. But it should not be our primary goal. You understand? It should not be our primary intention. 
You see, in the Qur'an we learned that there is nothing wrong if when you go for hajj, you also engage in some business transactions. There is nothing wrong in that. That you buy and sell, make a profit, fulfill your worldly needs. There is nothing wrong with that. But it should never be a person's primary intention. Alright? Now, this is something we really need to think about. Because typically, what happens? Many people think about their salah, or think about reciting the Qur'an. Many of us are guilty of that. Think about you know, taking their deen seriously when we want something from Allah. Isn't it? We have an exam the next day, literally, a hundred rak'at of nafil. Seriously. I've heard so many people doing that. I don't know how they do it. You know, praying 8 or 12 or 13 in one night for Qiyamul Layl is also difficult. I don't know how people do a hundred. Allahu A'lam. In the sense that how do they actually recite a hundred rak'at? But anyway, it happens that for the purpose of worldly gain, for the purpose of risk, we become very religious. Right? Now, Ibrahim salam he said to them over here that if you want risk, you should seek risk from who? Allah. Why? Because the one who owns something can give you part of it. Isn't it? And somebody who's poor himself, who's empty-handed himself, can he give you? No, he cannot. If he had something, he would fulfill his own need. Isn't it? So, Allah is the only one who is Al-Malik, Al-Malik, Al-Malik. Right? He is the one who owns the heavens and the earth, the resources, the storehouses of the heavens and the earth. He is Ar-Razzaq. So seek rizq from Allah, not others besides Allah. Seeking provision from others is foolishness. وَإِن تُكَذِّبُوا And if you all deny, فَقَدْ Then in fact, كَذَّبَ He denied. Who denied? أُمَمٌ Nations مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ Before you. Meaning you won't be the first ones to deny. Now this ayah could be a statement of Ibrahim salam, or it could be a statement that is mentioned over here that is addressing the people of Makkah. Okay? And then it would be understood as jumla mu'taridah. A parenthetical sentence. You understand? So in تُكَذِّبُوا فَقَدْ كَذَّبَ أُمَمٌ مِّنْ قَبْلِكُمْ if you deny, meaning if you, O people of Ibrahim salam, if you deny, or you, O people of Makkah, if you deny, and this is general, people of any time, any place, if a person denies, then remember he's not the first to deny. Why? Because, فَقَدْ كَذَّبَ أُمَمٌ مِّنْ قَبْلِكُمْ And the word umam is the plural of ummah. Many nations, many communities have denied before you. You won't be the first to deny. So if you deny, it's your own loss. It's your own loss. You're not going to cause Allah any harm with your denial. وَمَا and not عَلَى Rasul upon the messenger إِلَّا الْبَلَاغُ mubin Except clear notification. Meaning the Prophet of Allah is only obligated to convey the message. Ibrahim did his job. He conveyed the message. Every Prophet of Allah conveyed clearly. Muhammad has also conveyed clearly. The Prophets have fulfilled their responsibilities. Now the nations must fulfill their responsibilities. We must fulfill our responsibility. The ball is basically in our court. 
Right? Now, think about it. If a mother is calling her children to the dinner table, she calls the children once, she calls them twice, she calls them three times. And each time the tone is getting harsher and more impatient. Then what happens eventually? She says, fine, don't eat. Don't eat. I don't care if you're hungry. You don't want to eat, don't eat. But I can't keep calling you and waiting for you. Right? What is she going to do? She's going to eat herself and put the food away. Maybe that's what the kids want. This is why they're not coming. They don't want that rice again. Right? So basically the point is that you can't force someone to do something they don't want to do. You can only tell them. You can only make things clear to them. So the prophets of Allah conveyed the message. Now it's the people's responsibility. وَمَا عَلَى الرَّسُولِ إِلَّا الْبَلَاغُ الْمُبِينَ And look at the word بَلَاغُ الْمُبِينَ Mubin clear, meaning the message is self-evident. It's self-explanatory. It's not rocket science. It clarifies doubts, it clarifies misconceptions, it clarifies confusions. The truth is clear from falsehood. أَوَلَمْ أَوَلَمْ Do and not. Meaning have they not. يَرَوْ They have seen. Meaning have they not seen, have they not considered, do they not know this. كَيْفَ how يُبْدِئُ He initiates, he begins. Allahu Allah الْخَلْقَ The creation. ثُمَّ دَنْ يُعِيدُهُ He repeats it. يُعِيدُ from Iada. Right? عَيْنُ وَعُدَالْ عَوْدْ is to return. Alright? So have they not considered how Allah begins creation and then He repeats it? That first of all, it never existed before. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought it into existence. He brought it into existence. He created something, the likes of which never ever existed. And then, when He created it, He didn't just create it once, He created it so many, many, many times. Take the example of Adam alayhi salam. Before Adam alayhi salam, which human being existed? Hmm? No human being. Insan, the first insan was who? Adam alayhi salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created him. But then, was Adam the only human being that was created? No. How Allah repeats the creation, just look at the number of people. Huh? That how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't just create something once, but He makes it, meaning makes its likes so many, many, many times. Right? Think about it. A fruit. Okay? A strawberry, for example. How many seeds does it have? How many seeds are there on a strawberry? So many, aren't there? Now imagine, this one strawberry, but from that, so many more can grow. One tree. How many mangoes can it produce? So many. But from each mango, so many more mangoes can come. Isn't it? So who is the one who has brought these things into existence and then he has just scattered them? He's multiplied them. So many that you cannot even count. You cannot even enumerate. You cannot even calculate the number of things, of animals, of plants, of fruit, of vegetables, of people, birds that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. We cannot even guesstimate the number of these creatures. كَيْفَ يُبْدِئُ اللَّهُ الْخَلْقَ ثُمَّ يُعِيدُهُ So a thing is born and the process of life, it just keeps repeating itself. It's a continuous cycle. Right? Just because one person dies, Adam a.s. died, that didn't mean that now human beings will go extinct. You understand? One fruit is eaten, it doesn't mean that that particular fruit will go extinct. No. 
Life does not stop with the death of one person, with the death of a plant, with the death of a tree. It doesn't stop. Life, it continues. It's a continuous cycle until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala plans to, He decides to put an end to it. إِنَّ ذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ يَسِيرٌ Indeed, that for Allah is easy. Yasir from Yusr. Very easy, simple. It's not difficult for Allah. He nurtured us here, right? And He makes us grow like just like plants. You know, they grow. And then just like plants when they die, before they die, what do we see? The seeds are scattered everywhere. Right? So just like that, when people die, it's not that human beings will go extinct. No. They leave behind their seeds. They leave behind their children. And from them, more people come. More people come. So what's the lesson over here? That think, reflect on your state. Who began this process of creation? Who is making this creation continue? Who is making this life continue on this planet? And the point here is that if Allah repeats the creation before your very eyes, then you think it's difficult for Allah to cause resurrection? Because remember, this is a Makki surah. Right? It's basically teaching us the main principles of faith. And of them is belief in the hereafter also. In Surah Al-Rum, Ayah 27, Allah says, وَهُوَ الَّذِي يَبْدَأُ الْخَلْقَ ثُمَّ يُعِيدُهُ وَهُوَ أَهْوَنُ It is Allah who begins creation and then He repeats it. And that is even easier for Him. قُلْ say سِيرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ Travel in the land. سِيرُوا from سَيْر سِنْيَارَ سَارَ يَسِيرُوا is to travel. So travel in the land, go through the land. This is literally, literally get out of your house and travel through the land. Or it could be done in other ways also, by learning, by reading, right? So travel in the land, فَانْظُرُوا Then look, كَيْفَ بَدَأَ الْخَلْقِ How He has initiated the creation. Observe how Allah began this creation. Go to the east, to the west, go in the mountains and the valleys, go in the deserts and the forests, go by the shores and in the seas, in the waters, and observe how life begins. Go look at seeds, go look at baby birds, go look at baby animals, go look at tiny plants, and see, look how they grow, how they survive. If they were their own creators, they would never ever survive. They would never ever be living. Because think about the difficult circumstances that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes life continue. You know, it's amazing. Just look at baby turtles. How when they come out of their eggs, they come out of the sand, how they rush towards the water. Is it possible that they'll die before they make it to the water? Very much possible. Right? Because the birds, they know exactly when those turtles are to hatch. Isn't it? And then so many baby turtles, they're just caught immediately. Once the turtles make it to the water, is every turtle able to grow? No. It's quite possible that it'll be eaten up before it even grows one inch bigger. Isn't it? So look at how many dangers, how many threats there are in this world to life. Just our own existence even. How many things can go wrong? Seriously, how many things can go wrong? We could literally die within a second. Just one second. Think about it. If our heart does not beat for literally five seconds, one minute, خلاص, we're done. 
Do we have control over our heart? No, we don't. So what's the message of this ayah? Go look at how life exists, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making things grow and continue and live on. Can they do it themselves? No. When you will observe it, you will know that someone is making all of this happen. And who is he? Allah Azza wa Jal. Um, you know how you said to observe like life? My anatomy teacher, she said, even like pregnancy is an extreme miracle because I'm just for the egg to be dropped and to go through the tubes. Like it could have gone a million different ways. It could have gone on the intestines and been fertilized there. And just all the barriers that it has to go through for it to be fertilized is an extreme miracle. And like they don't even understand how it could happen so perfectly. Exactly. And then for the baby to actually grow, even that itself is a miracle. It could stop. So many things can go wrong. I mean, you know, women go to the doctor to make sure that everything is fine as if the doctor is making everything happen. Right? Sometimes we believe that the doctor is making everything happen. But they're just regulating it. And if something goes wrong, can they fix it? Can they change it? They cannot. They're helpless. Human beings in general are like very fascinated with if the world would end, what would happen. So a lot of all these like apocalyptic movies and books come out. But um, none of it actually ever happened and life still continues going on. But subhanAllah, it's such a miracle and it makes a lot of people reflect. Like if one disease was to take over the whole world, this is what would happen or stuff like that. Yes, just one disease even, how quickly it can destroy communities over there. Yesterday I was uh, reading about chromosomes, right? So 46 are required for the human. And Down syndrome, I was reading the only excess of chromosome number 21, you know, excess of, rather than having two, it's going to have three. They have a, you know, genetic disorder of Down syndrome. And it was so horrifying for me. (laughs) I was thinking about when my twins were, you know, I was having twins. So all the time my mom says, okay, read Quran, read Quran, you know. <laughs> We're gonna, the boy is going to be you know, having the same kind of characteristics. Subhanallah. Just go and look at how Allah has initiated the creation, how life continues. It cannot continue itself. It would be impossible for it to continue itself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has originated it. He is the one who is nurturing it. He is the one who is making it continue. There is this uh, BBC series, uh, Life. Okay? Documentary series, Life. I recommend that you look it up and watch even one or two. You'll be amazed. It's amazing. That how fish survive. Really. How birds survive, how insects survive, little, little creatures from the smallest to the largest, how they survive. I mean, elephants, how much water they need to drink and how far that water could be, but how they walk all the way there for days and days and days. Bismillah, assalamu alaikum. Watching documentary like that and looking at Allah's creation actually bring you very close to Allah and like make you who you, you know who you are and Allah is who is He. Exactly. So فَانْظُرُوا كَيْفَ بَدَأَ الْخَلْقِ ثُمَّ اللَّهُ Then Allah يُنْشِئُ He will produce يُنْشِئُ Same root نُنْشِئِن Hamza يُنْشِئُ Insha is to cause something to grow So firstly to produce and then make it grow So ثُمَّ اللَّهُ يُنْشِئُ Then Allah will produce النَّشْأَةَ The creation Okay, the production that is al-akhirah, the last one, meaning the final one. 
And what is this referring to? The day of judgment, resurrection. So basically, what we're being taught here is that when something dies, don't think it goes extinct. When a human being dies, he's not finished. They don't finish. Allah will resurrect the dead. In Allah ala kulli shay'in qadir. Indeed, Allah over all things is competent. All of this, what does it show to us? The power of Allah over everything. Not just water, not just the atmosphere, not just soil, not just animals, not just birds, not just plants. Every single thing. Allah is the one who has power over it. Because if He didn't, then He wouldn't be able to make life happen. So all of this is a testimony to the fact that Allah is the one who can do anything. He's competent over everything. All power rests with Allah. This is why يُعَذِّبُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَرْحَمُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ He punishes whom He wills, and He has mercy upon whom He wills. And of course, when Allah punishes somebody, or when Allah shows mercy to somebody, that is based on His justice, that is based on His knowledge, on His wisdom, on His decision. And basically what this ayah is teaching us is that, why do you doubt His power? If He is the one who's created everything, He has spread creatures everywhere, and then when they die, He can recreate them. Should He not have the power to punish whomever He wills, and have mercy on whomever He wills? He has the power. وَإِلَيْهِ تُقْلَبُونَ And to Him you shall be returned. تُقْلَبُونَ from قَلْبِ قَافْ لَامْبَ To turn over. So to Him you shall be turned over. You are going back to Him. You can never run away. وَمَا and not أَنْتُمْ يُو بِمُعْجِزِينَ At all ones to cause failure. فِي الْأَرْضِ In the earth وَلَا فِي السَّمَاءِ Nor in the sky. Meaning you, all human beings, you can never cause failure to Allah. Neither in the earth by running away somewhere on land, nor in the sky, by flying away. You can't do that. When you're alive on this earth, and when you die, your soul is taken up. Still, you cannot run away. Because when you're alive and when you're dead, you're still owned by Allah. وَمَا لَكُمْ And you do not have مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ Besides Allah مِن وَلِيٍّ Any friend وَلَا نَصِيرٍ Or any helper. You have no wali, no nasir besides Allah. Who is wali? A protecting friend, a guardian, someone who defends you. And who is nasir? Someone who helps you. So there's no one who can defend you from Allah. And there's no one who can help you escape from Allah. Let's listen to the recitation. وَإِبْرَاهِيمَ إِذْ قَالَ لِقَوْمِهِ اعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ وَاتَّقُوهُ ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ إِنَّمَا تَعْبُدُونَ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ أَوْثَانًا وَتَخْلُقُونَ إِفْكًا إِنَّ الَّذِينَ تَعْبُدُونَ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ لَا يَمْلِكُونَ لَكُمْ رِزْقًا فَابْتَغُوا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ الرِّزْقَ وَاعْبُدُوهُ وَاشْكُرُوا لَهُ إِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ وَإِنْ تُكَذِّبُوا فَقَدْ كَذَّبَ أُمَمٌ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ وَمَا عَلَى الرَّسُولِ إِلَّا الْبَلَاغُ الْمُبِينَ أَوَلَمْ يَرَ 
ولی 